Hey guys, it's Al Lover back at you again with another episode of the Elevated Transmission podcast. And this week I got here in the studio, my professional studio uh, that I've paid millions of dollars for, uh, is Dylan Edrick. And she is a local San Francisco musician. I say local, everyone's going to be listening to this uh, all over the world, I hope so. She's a San Francisco musician. Um, she is an incredibly talented uh, and Im- super important person uh, within this scene. When I was here in, um, you know, between 2008 to 2011, 2012 is when I was in San Francisco and kind of discovered what was going on with uh, all these great bands like the OCs, Ty Siegel, uh, people like this, uh, going to see them all the time in this town when they were kind of getting to where they were going with their music and she has been around around this about the same time in san francisco as me um she's played on tons of records from the ocs ty siegel she'll go a little more in depth uh when we're talking to her sunny in the sunsets all sorts of stuff and uh she's been in some great bands the mallard the spirals she has a new band called humid um, that I just went to see the other night at one of my favorite spots in SF, the Hemlock Tavern, um, and they were kick-ass. I highly recommend if you're around San Francisco or whenever they get out on the road to go check them out, humid. Um, so yeah, we'll just jump right into it and uh, we'll keep this short and sweet. So this is my interview with Dylan Edrick, uh from San Francisco, um, official. She is official. Check her out. We're on site at the construction of a new house <laughs> inside of Al's. You know, you, you play on a lot of records. Yeah. Um, so that should probably should be mentioned. Yeah, I'm and playing, I have like a, <laughs> you could call it an extensive discography. <laughs> You I do actually have an recent- extensive discography. Discography. I recently uncovered my all music, like profile. Oh really? And For- I was like, oh my god, I'm on all music, and like, I, it, all, it has all these credits that I'm aware of, but I'm really happy that they were reported to the internet or whatever, so yeah. that like I'm gonna have a much easier time collecting, collecting. royalties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, they're legit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I have yet to do that. Well, that's good to have because like. I don't personally even have like um, ASCAP or BMI or anything. Like I'm not signed you up don't? for any. I know, dude. It's like, you need to have that shit. I know. It's really silly. Your every one of your mixes is proprietary. What like is that's that? yours. I mean, that's yours. Like oh. the remix thing. That's a real. I mean, that's kind of a historic. I think that the battle was won on the side of the remixers, though. Like, yeah depending on how i think it might depend on how long the sample is i think that's mm. that's the defining factor well i mean i don't even use too many samples these days yeah um you're away from that and but. if i and if i do then it's just uh to basically 
it's like so distorted and disguised that it's like not even really like you couldn't even point it out. Totally. So, and that's why you should. But that's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I've been thinking about it. It's just more or less being lazy and I don't really. I still in my mind like make music for fun kind of. So Me too. It's like, it's like and obviously I think everyone does. But like the business aspect of it is like the l- furthest thing from my mind. Me too. Are we recording? Yeah. We're oh, just starting it. We'll fuck it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're recording because I think it's important to talk about um, ASCAP and mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to sign up for that than you think. And the reasons for doing so are more extensive than you would think. Um, but I've just in my experience uh, learned that the game is played um, with rules, just like any game. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, you have to educate yourself to what the rules are in order not to be sidelined when it when it really counts. It's true. And I've been doing like more licensing stuff. So it's like like getting privy with all the legal stuff and has been something I've been wanting to do more of. And I've gotten a book like uh, actually my buddy Nick told me to get this book. Um, how I think it's like how music works or something. Do yeah. you know it? Yeah. And there's, it's really cool. You got it. Yeah, exactly. There's there's becoming more of an, a library for literacy mm-hmm. in that regard. Like I have one that's called um, like behind the music business or something. And it's just the legality the H1 of things. Behind the music business. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. Um, I forget who the author is. I found it in like a thrift store. OK, but I was cool. like, hey, this seems useful. It's a lot of thick reading, though. A lot of words. That's <laughs> see, I, I'm getting to the point now and. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and that's the reason why I'm trying to like do one because uh, I really enjoy them. But I also really enjoy um, listening it's, and maybe I'm just getting lazy, but like books on tape is like something I'm really getting into recently. I think it's actually that's a safe thing to do when you're driving. If you're engaging oh, totally. your mind, yeah. like because I'm trying to multitask at all times. Life's yeah, short. <laughs> exactly. But rather than texting or something like if you have story time going on, you know, or your playlist, your favorite new mix. Yeah. Then you're more likely to just focus on the road. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Don't text and, like, and drive. Touring, such long hours. Like what books are great. Although I found like I read The Road while I was like driving through the desert once. I think you told me about this. Really scary. That's the, they made a movie out of that one, right? Where it's like the dude and his kid are walking through the like dystopic. But it felt like dystopic. And then the book, I was like, whoa, this book is really intense. And I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's. No spoiler alerts on this podcast. It's not, it's not a great book for driving on like lonely roads. (laughs) It was like, no, I'm alone on earth. One might consider that. Did you read the forward or, or the um, what's the little like liner note on the? No, I like to just dive into things yeah. like with no expectations and That's very fair. little background knowledge. That's kind of I have a lot of lacks in my background information sometimes. Yeah, me. I'm too. relying on you for that today. What I what? Hold up, <laughs> shit. I did a little research on some of the tracks. I mean, I know I know a couple of the tracks. Um, All I know is what they mean to me. Yeah, and that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got a little um, uh, intro going that I'm just going to leave in because I, I like the natural kind of flow into it. But um, this is Al Lover, and I'm here with Dylan Edrick. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I pronounce everything how it looks on the page. And it looks like Edrich. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. E- Edrick. Um, if you look at all music, you can look her up and see how many, 
amazing songs she's played on. She's played on, you played on the OCs, you played on Thai stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Who Wax else Idols, The wow. Intelligence, Fresh and Onlys, Sunny Smith. Man, so official. <laughs> and uh, so she also makes music. She was in the band The Mallard and The Spirals, and now she has a new band called Humid, which is spelled... It's a, it's a, it's a it's post. It's spelled the way it sounds, but it, we started out with two V's and the really cool new. But that's like the post Google. Like post Google. It's almost, it's almost a good thing. I've I been noticing think so. that. I'm yeah. trying, there's, there's a, there's a strong call amongst many to bring that spelling back. So I but, think, and it looks cool too. I think it's like uh, in terms of like actually how a word looks when you have those kind of like, I think there was a band like churches that did that. And then like a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yes. Well, I, and and this, it, 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 maybe it's a thing, you know, it's it's a it's a maybe it's a trend, but I think that it's a trend that is a byproduct of the environment in terms of Google, like a Google yeah. search. If you want your band to be seen, if it's just spelled humid, someone's going to put in there and, and they're going to get gonna... a picture of a swamp. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> It'll just be like a, images, yeah, an image of an alligator and a stork. Um, yes. But yeah, so I, yeah, I got to see you guys the other night and it was really good. Thanks. I can't, I don't, I don't know any of the tracks. Do you guys have anything released yet? I'm really excited. So, uh, so far I just have one credit for engineering and that was for Pow, my friend Byron's band. Okay. And Pow's great. Oh yeah. And it was such a fun thing. I've always been a live sound engineer, but, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually recording an EP. It's like finished recording, but I'm having technology issues. My... I need a hard drive, it turns out. <laughs> like I'm yeah. such like again with the background information, I just dive into things and like fight my way through all the obstacles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I need a hard drive so that I can play back my mixes. But they you sound incredible. Yeah, yeah. They sound so awesome and I'm so excited. It makes me feel really empowered because I know exactly how I want things to sound. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I can actually just use my own little equipment. You know, I can do it all myself. Like the DIY. Oh, you're have your own studio I'm, in no I'm, time. I'm waking up. I'm doing yeah. it myself. It feels well, good. And and that's what like for me what I always did because I kind of like um, you know, making music in this environment in this little room and like the way I make music is kind of like I'm making it while I'm mixing it. You know, so like because it's like samples and loops and and keyboards and stuff. Like I'll try something out. And then, you know, I'll just sit around and fiddle with the mix and be like, oh, that's cool. And they'll be like, well, maybe I'll add another part or maybe I'll like this delay will sound cool on this part with this new thing added in. So it's kind of like this piece by piece process instead of just like kind of like a more traditional like. That's how I envision like I a lot of people are asked, you know, always asking me like why I don't have my own solo thing, Mm -hmm. which is a very like complex issue that I'm. You know, I've been Would like, you like to discuss wondering. it and break this news on the no, on the it's okay on the podcast. podcast. But you know, yeah, it's like it's kind of weird, you know. But I've realized that I'm kind of I'm more of like a maker mm-hmm. and Gotta more of like an on. improvisational. Just I just can get real deep, real fast with music. But I'm not somebody that can really elaborate or feel like coming back mm. again and again to that songwriting process mm-hmm. so um you like like you like it more immediate kind of like yeah on the spot, so when like... i record i just will jam out something mm-hmm. and it sounds great but then i probably am not ever going to work on it again so i just have mm-hmm. like tons and tons of demos where i'm just like half finished but you know really cool ideas and so anyway um i'm realizing that this building process of just you know doing something simple 
and Mm -hmm. just adding up the pieces is really more the way that I'm going to be ultimately able to release an album. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I understand that. And also, I think having a space is so important, like an actual dedicated space. Yeah. Like for me, this this room is um, like where I would come every day. You know, I'd come up and I would sit in the chair and look out the window and just sit there and work on music or you know i had like an office kind of set up too so i do like emails or whatever but Sick, dude. just having that so space nice up here and yeah and like something like that like where you actually like you're like okay i'm gonna go dedicate the time and then you can spend that time there to be like oh well looking back in your files or something and you're like oh man that's a dope baseline i could do something with that and then you just like exactly. I'm here fuck it let's do it you know yeah i'm i recently moved and i'm so thankful that i was able to move into a space where i'm gonna be able i have like a little corner nice. little music lab and yeah. i have i got the table and i've got you know all my gear obviously if that's i've always had the gear but setting it up mm-hmm. and having not a dedicated space and some kind of you have to just make the best of it and like put it all together yeah it definitely hinders the process a little bit because like so much of my energy goes into making sure everything's plugged in correctly oh man i'm like oh, i'm burned out oh, i didn't do anything yeah. so i'm like it's finally yeah i can just sit there look out the window and be like Boom, push play, you yeah, know, push record. Go. I saw this uh, interview with Moby one time and he was like showing off his whole synth and drum machine collection. And he just said, I mean, obviously he's balling. So he just had this studio set up and like all the synths were all linked up MIDI and everything. And he just pull them out of a drawer and it'd be like the one like his like Juno or something. He'd pull the next drawer out and it'd be like another one. It's just like and it's all linked and synced in. And it's just like that must be great to be able to just walk. I saw into a the picture room of like that, that room. It was like so sparse. Oh, it's like yeah. a, I think it, I saw it in an architectural magazine. Yeah, it's like really practical. Read. Like it's the way beautiful. The space it's is like designed. minimalist and yeah. just the shelves for each one. And there's no clutter and yeah all the cabling is behind the scenes so So crucial i'm like oh man i'm so ocd like when i do like i see all the cables for Mm -hmm. my synth setup and like you've dealt with this like you have a coffin you're a genius but like (laughs) getting those cables hidden oh yeah because i just uh... i just get tripped out i'm like whoa look at all those cables where did they lead you're like spending like like, 15 (laughs) minutes just finding where one cable's going (laughs) just like deep into my mind (laughs) It's no good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad that you got space. Sorry, I missed your housewarming party. I was I really wanted to go, but I was stuck in it Lower Hayden. The timing has just been a little bit off, um, but yeah. that's okay. Well, they're first of many. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what do you think? We should. We got your 10 songs that you sent me. It's great selection. Oh. And I was wondering where you might want to start. Hmm. I think I have an idea where we should end. If you're cool with that. Yeah. And then, um, um, is that all of them? It's all 10? It's all 10. Okay, well, I don't see it, but I want to start with Arthur Russell. Let's start with that because I was not familiar with Arthur Russell. I'd heard the name and I knew like Dinosaur L and that kind of stuff, the like disco stuff. Um, and that again has been more of a recent like discovery. Um, but, yeah, I was listening to a few of his tracks today, and he's just, it's incredible. Okay, Arthur Russell is my musical father. Okay. <laughs> he is just exactly like the kind of person that, I, I just resonate so much with him because his process mm-hmm. and his way of composition is just completely, not completely improvis- improvised, but it has this it's loose looseness that's really vibrant and alive, and it's the product of not overthinking you know yeah. just 
it's on like it's happening there's glitches whatever yeah. and just he is a multi-talented multi-instrumentalist you know he sings he programs and he went to the school drums, like he went to he school for like um I, for music and, and stuff i think, I think in was, new york honestly is the, is the so here's where like say. my background like i have not sought out like mm-hmm. a detailed biography of this man i don't do but that in my anyone. mind <laughs> like from like what my music what how the way his music speaks to me like i envision him being like close to the dance scene like yeah the disco stuff and just really part of like a vibrant group of performers and i he used a lot of non-musicians in mm-hmm. his recordings to my understanding like he would just have friends come in and like have them play percussion or you know just get in on it you know yeah, just, just kind of like live recordings or just yeah. live in the sense of like lots of people kind of yeah. like in the 60s and 70s there was a lot of people watching and participating in like many of our great you know favorite recordings but anyway arthur russell <laughs> he just is my father <laughs> Okay, so let's listen to Dylan's dad, um, <laughs> Arthur Russell, with um, Arm Around You. Ah. with one 
So yeah, that was Arthur Russell. Ah, woo! Just doing my little Elaine dance over here the whole time. I know, I saw you. You're moving. I can't even stop myself. Arm Around You is the track. And um, yeah, like for me, like listening to that track, I was like, oh, Hot Chip would not exist without that. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, it's like, like I can hear all, like how many people in my mind that that, even just that track alone, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then some of his other stuff was more avant-garde, like. Uh, minimalist like comp- yeah, he, composition and stuff yeah because he was i think it seemed like yeah he was kind of around like like glenn bronca and like that kind of thing that was happening yep. and then like all the stuff that was like post no wave yeah kind of shit yeah just which, such an amazing time what in an york amazing City. time dude god damn it was, the, it's, uh, i over romanticized <laughs> new york in the s- late 70s and early 80s probably to a fault oh but You're man, talking to the choir, man. I went to shit. NYU to study rock history. <laughs> was just that like, rules. It was like a useless degree. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like that scene. And have you seen the that? There's this documentary. It's like the the hottest summer in hell or something. I about, recently saw it about the graffiti. Yeah. No, no, it's it's about it's oh. like it's um, 
I mean, well, there's a lot of you stuff. You told me to watch it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's about like the where disco, hip hop, and punk all cross section. Yeah, and it was during in that. In 77? The, like the summer great of 77? Outage. The power yeah, outage. Yeah, the power outage. And the summer of Sam was going on. Yeah. I guess to me that like, ah, oh, yeah, that year. But to me, like the hip hop is the most like, ah. Oh, dude. In that, in that year, in That's that place. Incredible. But, but, um. You ever listen to a, a lot of that old like disco hip hop stuff, like the early shit? Like Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, like yeah. like that's probably like the most mainstream one. But there's a bunch of comps that um actually like explored like the lesser known guys. That were just, it's the hibbity doop dap da da. I love that. I shit. used to have some cool cassettes that I got at Tower Records, and they're yeah. going out of business, and um they mysteriously disappeared in one of my moves. But it was called the Wake Up Show. Yeah, and the Wake Up Show. I remember. I, I used think to, it um, might have been from San Francisco. Uh, let's KML. I don't know. The Wake Up Show. I can't remember. That was. I think it might be L A. Okay. Cause uh, it was yeah, really they used to rad. Have a lot of mixtapes. I remember in the '90s, like my buddy was like really into finding like the obscure rap stuff. Yeah. So he would scour the early days of the internet when there was just like a couple websites that you could order stuff from, and uh, he we used to listen to a lot of like Wake Up Shows mixes that he would that he would get. That was one of my favorite cassettes ever. What the hell was the name of the guy? He's still the the guy that did the wake up show. I think is still like an active radio personnel. Oh, I bet. Like in the in the hip hop world, but I can't remember his damn Sway and Tech maybe. Yeah, I think it was Sway and Tech. I'll but, take that. Yeah, as truth. We'll do. We'll have to everybody do a Google search out there. Um, so yeah, that was Arthur Russell. That was a great way to start. I was hoping you would actually pick that one to start off because oh, I was like, that was the one that was like blew my head like the most. I, was like, <sighs> I mean, it's probably my number one favorite artist. Desert yeah. Island for sure. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, um, what do you think you want to hear next? What do you think's a good um, um, good track to go to? We got. Well, it's like what do we nine more? There's there's temporal. You know who's who's around that time period, or there's like who recently. You know, maybe a new one to. I. What if we do the Kate LeBon? Okay. Next. Oh, yeah. Sure, Kate LeBon. Um. So Kate LeBon, I didn't. I. I remember actually seeing this album cover uh, when it came out the off this record mm -hmm. and being like, that's a great looking album cover. And then someone yeah. was playing it and I was like, what is this? And they told me and I just forgot. And then I didn't <laughs> realize it, it until I saw it again when you sent me the track that this is who Tim's been working with Yeah, um, from White Fence. Tim Presley's been working with Kate LeBond. They get, did the drinks record, which is like one of my favorite releases of like the last couple of years. Absolutely. It's like... And you and his new solo stuff too. You can tell is like influenced because I think she's producing it. The, oh, cool! I yeah. didn't know. Yeah, I haven't I heard she's it yet. Producing it. Yeah. I don't like to steal from my friends, so I wait until I can afford. <laughs> That's good though. But you, yeah. you know, you can listen to it. You can take a peek. But um, I, uh, yeah, I I think this woman is amazing. And yeah, I'm really into her voice and her use of like interval, like harmony. Mm -hmm. She uses some really cool tones. Like yeah, kind of outside the standard notes that you would pick for a chord and i just love doing that um, yeah it is and with it the does voice have its own... and her voice and she's a great guitarist um Minimalism this record too, is awesome kind of. it was hard for me to pick a song but yeah i like this song a lot so the track is um mug museum and oh wait is that what it no is? god it was supposed to be no god no it is no god the, the album is mug museum yeah no God from Mug Museum. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, I cannot read when I'm stoned. Or it's a tiny, tiny list. Read at all. So, um, yeah, this is Kate LeBond with No God. Um, 
Yeah, I think this is a good track to follow the last one because she kind of explores the like minimalism thing too, sparseness and and weird placement and like all that kind of. It seems very experimental in that yes. sense. Yes. So let's listen to Kate LeBon.
that was Kate Lebon with No God. That song's dope. It kind of got it's kind of got like a bit of a, a stereo lab feel to me. I feel like I love stereo lab. I do too, and <laughs> I and I don't mean to like I hate to draw parallels, but I can't help it because my brain just works. Like, me too. I'm just, I'm just like okay. And I can sometimes I offend people. I'm like, you sound just like. I think I do too. Tracy Chapman. And they're like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely, I've stopped doing that when I talk to folks that I don't know. Yep. Uh, Because I'll like go and be like, oh yeah, I love to like the vibes. It's kind of like blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, kind of like, whether or not they're cognizant of it, they're kind of just like, okay, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's really (laughs) awkward for everybody. I've learned. I'm learning to shut the fuck up when I need to. Me too. It's a good, it's a good talent to acquire as an adult. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that track, and uh, I need to listen to more of her, which I will do. And this is this is the thing that I wanted to have this concept for this podcast so I can just learn about music. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Me too. Yeah, and it's so fun to just be like, I can't even listen to music anymore that I know. Like, I need to, like, hear something new and fresh, like, always now. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll put on a jam and be like, oh, I love this jam. Or if someone's DJing it or it's playing on the radio or something, I'll be like, yeah. oh, I love it. But if I'm sitting down to actively listen to music, I'm like, I need to hear something I've never heard before. Or I'm just completely bored to tears. I come back to records um, a lot, but I usually have to completely go, for, like, full circle on them. Yeah. And, like, rediscover them however many months or years later to really feel that way again yeah I know, I know too. <laughs> or jaded <laughs> yeah well I, I think for me it's like being a, like an active dj oh yeah to a degree too. you know I, I listen to a lot of songs that i really love often if like i'm on the road or if i have like a monthly or weekly gig or something like that I, sometimes i'll play the same songs and when i'm in the moment and i'm drunk and i'm like hell yeah i love this song but it's like i'm not gonna like pick it up at home and put it on or something yeah you know? understand well, speaking of uh, bands that I love, Pylon is next, and this is the track K from the record Chomp. Yep. Um, which is, I think, their second record. I think so. And, K um, is my first initial, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, there K, you go. You my got favorite represent. letter. <laughs> but yeah, also this song is awesome. It's like political in this kind of abstract way, kind of like a Keith Haring painting or something. It's just like, mm. it really says something to me, and it really says something that I feel is important to feel like right now you know yeah what is what is the message of this song because i um i honestly just like by listening to it right now like i, I let's listen to it. Into it okay and let's, then i'll tell you after you know or also we can all have our own we understanding all, of the song you can tweet al and tell him what you think yeah that would be great <laughs> at uh at cool al lover oh all he right. has a tweeter i do have a tweeter i'll be tweeting Uh, But this is Pylon with the song K. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
I find I find a lot of message in the beat and like the attitude of the guitar or something mm-hmm. like just really it's kind of urgent and urgent yeah, and just yeah. like really oh, like intense and just challenging like it's her voice just screaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess the, the lyrics of the song are actually like kind of more of like a love song, but I mean, it's but- kind of like an anti love song. It's like everyone needs some time away, you know, and just. I feel like just any kind of song about separation makes me feel better at a time when I'm like pissed off about what's going on. Yeah. And that's maybe not like the best call to action, but it makes me feel safe in like a way that I could be more active. Like when I hear somebody that's just like, get away, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like that's, I want to just bust out. Well, when you're, I mean, and even if it, even if that song, and I, I can't say, I can't speak on it, like, you never know, like, what the artist's intent is, you yeah. know? And, and I think for the listener, being able to read into a song and get from it what you're getting from it is just as valid as the intent of the of the songwriter yeah. and their intent it, whether or not they want to strike a message and a, a lot of music that is in that vein like that kind of like immediate post-punk vein is like we have something to say about something uh which is i think dope but yeah for me it's like wh- what is how do i filter the song through my lens to like get from it what i need from it or whatever or what i yeah what i, what I, I feel like that yearn also to feel from it it's indicative to me like of kind of the way I hear stuff is kind of post like I don't really hear lyrics Mm -hmm. and I don't really remember lyrics. Oh, I don't either. And I don't really think about lyrics too much. I'm just not. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, Do you ever, have you ever been singing what you thought were lyrics to a song for years and then finally find out that you're singing the wrong lyrics? A hundred percent of the time. (laughs) Like I don't even fucking try anymore. I'm just like. I literally, the songs that I know from being a teenager are just hilarious and they're being wrong. Yeah. Oh, so. And now that the internet can provide all lyrics, I'm like, wow. Will that take away from the mystery? Will that take away from the mystery? Possibly. But a lot of times they're wrong. Because I just did, um, I did like a suicide cover set for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And some of the time I was like, what does the internet think the lyrics are for this part of the song? Well, you know what's <laughs> and great it is really varied a lot. Yeah. Well, Alan Vega, when they would play live, like you know, his lyrics would change. Yeah, he would do he kind would of improvise. improv yeah. reform. Yeah, I love Suicide, and I the only reason that they're not on my top ten right now is because I listen to them every day for the month of October. I remember when you getting ready in for preparation? That. How did it go? By the way, it went really good. It went so well. People are like, you should do it more. But I actually. Um, in order to do that show, I um, they were like, what band is performing? And I was like, well, my band is performing. There you go. What's your band? And I was like, well, my band is called High Priestess. And so I came up with a sick ass name. And now I'm like, yo, I have a new band. Like my solo project is real and it exists. And it High sounds Priestess. something like a suicide cover set. Hey. But I'm going to just keep on There's working on that. Wrong with that. There is <laughs> and I'll play wrong another with show that. with my own stuff. I uh I have my I just so I just put out this like uh, ten inch it was like a flip side called Noia side and one yeah. side is a Noi influenced track and the other side is a suicide influenced track with a little of each on it yeah I'll get you a copy when I get some. dude no remember we jammed and we were we were playing oh, suicide yeah, together yeah yeah, yeah. We, we were, were both on working suicide, on it yeah. it was sweet <laughs> yeah Ghost Rider 
Oh, I love that shit. But that's how, like, my music is more just, especially I've been here with these Farfises mm-hmm. and been going in on making some new tracks, and they're very, very. I mean, it's maybe Farfises it's a suicide so awesome. rip, but I can't, I can't help it. I love it so much, and my the fact that I'm just not like, I have no musical like traditional musical knowledge so like for me it's like i'm making some music out of two notes and i'm proud of myself that's that's (laughs) the best you only need a couple notes shit i need one note um speaking of well they have more than they they actually have a lot of notes my friend's band is the next one on the oh shit shout them out okay so my friend veronica is the coolest girl i know (laughs) hi veronica and Veronica, shout out. She was born on the same day as me, so we're birthday twins, and that makes me feel so great because <laughs> she's the coolest, so I couldn't be that bad. And she is a photographer, and she's a friend of mine from New York, but she started this band, Pill, um, just so like almost two years ago, no, like less than two years ago, she started this band from having never really been in a music project oh, and wow. just she just had this vision and just became the singer and learned to play the bass and is like killing it on the bass, killing it with her vocals. And she's bringing back this kind of political voice that the same thing that like pylon, her voice to Mm -hmm. me is just like, it's like, listen to me really strong and snarling and just has a lot of emotion happening. And my friend Veronica does that too. She's an incredible vocalist and I love this song. So um, before we get into Pill, the track Dead Boys, I'm going to apologize if any of y'all can hear this construction that's going on in the background because uh, I'm in my old house in San Francisco and luckily for me when I decided to invite friends over to do a podcast, they've decided to start hammering away uh, on the house The whole city me. is under construction now. It's not yeah. your fault. Yeah, and I just hope that it doesn't... Uh, put anyone off and if it does then uh sorry if it doesn't thanks for rocking with us uh but we're gonna go into the track uh dead boys by the band out of new york pill right now
So yeah, that was uh, Pill with Dead Boys. Um, what record is that from? That's their so, first record. Yeah, they just release, came right? out with a record Convenience. on Mexican Summer. Yeah, Convenience. Um, my friend John is the guitarist in the mm-hmm. band, and he rules also. Yeah. And his girlfriend Josie is a good friend of mine, and she's like a conceptual artist. And so through that connection, like Pill has the coolest merch they have the coolest music videos they're doing so many like they have a visual persona that's cool that's yeah, like I goes along with their music and mm-hmm. it's just this whole complete package that i feel like hasn't really existed a lot recently and it makes me so excited like i want to do that too like fully like videos artwork merchandise like everything like the same creative entity yeah that's that's what i kind of do with my stuff just out of necessity and the fact that i like being by myself yeah (laughs) it's cool it's a cool way to go yeah i mean being able to like put your own vision into all the aspects of it and it'd be great to have more of a budget to do it but uh and and that's cool that you know they have a label that's like willing to like put that behind them and, and believes in them that much to to help them have their own aesthetic uh i i mean not saying that i know that they're getting help like that from the label but like that they're they're having a platform to be able to do it is really yeah cool. totally i, I think like mexican that. summer is a really awesome label yeah they put out great stuff yeah yeah they're really diverse in their releases and i've never really heard anything that they put out that i didn't like so and it's like eclectic too summer. it's not just one mm-hmm. type of music and totally. that's what i really like about it yeah so uh the next track is high low high low by Broken Water. Yeah. So I felt like, I mean, I'm usually viewed as like a rock person. Mm-hmm. I've been in like garage bands. and You're a rocker. I'm a rocker, but there's like you're noticing that. that there's a lot more like experimental or kind of, of electronic-y stuff on this list. And I think that really accurately reflects like my inner mm-hmm. persona. But at the same time, like I do still love rock. So I, I would say that this next track is like maybe the most rocking on this it's definitely well it's hard to say there's some other rockers but this one is the first real like rocker and um i honestly am like trying you know i'm trying to like secretly use the internet here and i suck at that i don't know the woman's name in this band um i didn't look at my album sleeve when i was choosing the song Um, again with the background information like i might not know who the artist is like i just know how the music affects me and I'm the same way. And I f- love the music, and I'm like completely magnetically glued to the music. And I'll find out later that oh, that was a David Bowie song. Like, oh, dude! You all, know, all I I won't even know who, who like oh, Rolling Stones. What you know? But anyway, so well, when someone wants to talk about how or or like this like music knowledge shaming that people will be doing yeah. oh you don't know about blah 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 from blah blah <laughs> oh, blah I, and their blah blah, blah blah seven inch print painted by blah 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 and I'm just like. <laughs> what the fuck who cares the music's good yeah yeah like it's just like what what like it's weird to like project that onto somebody like their their lack of knowledge about music is like a source for uh i just yeah i think that music has a lot to offer you know and so many on almost infinite levels and just depending on what level you're in you know and how it affects you none are better some are definitely more cerebral, but I would say music is one of my like few gut like gut mm-hmm. reaction. Totally. Just yeah. So anyway, yeah, when it gets you, it gets you. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just <sighs> art, you know. When art yeah. strikes, it strikes like a motherfucker. Yeah. And, and you know, like opening, like I was saying, it's just like being able to learn about all these new bands and stuff is great for me because it's just like I just want to get opened up to all yeah. the information that there is about this shit because it's so vast and so cool. Yeah. Especially with the internet now, people internet. are able to do all this stuff like people in the other side of the world that would never have exposure to like maybe some weird techno music that they and then they turn out to be like a great musician coming out of russia or something I you know. know because they heard something on the internet or they saw on youtube or something you just the ability to discover music this day and age is so incredible um so yeah we're gonna go into broken water with the track high low from their rot album um spelled w-r-o-u-g-h-t that is the right that is the right rot <laughs> and uh on uh release on night people records so check it out <laughs>
So that was Broken Water with High Low. And uh, you were saying while we were listening to the track that this the the singer drums as well. Yep. She is a singing drummer. And there are many, many, many. It's like not even that crazy of a feat anymore. But nevertheless, it still just know, impresses the hell out of me. Being able <laughs> There's to... There's tons of women doing it. But she does an amazing job at it. Yeah. Ugh. I think I think when the act of like drumming and singing is is kind of crazy because if you're trying to do like delicate harmonies, which she kind of has like kind of a like a softer kind of harmony to the voice, playing drums live and trying to do that and like and not be like, <gasps> you know, like because you're just yeah. so, you're using so much energy when you're yeah. drumming and to be able to keep and maintain that focus and be able to hear the harmonies with the cymbals right yeah. there and stuff is like yeah it's a great balancing act like yeah. i've been playing drums for a couple of years now it's my like newest instrument but i love it for that reason same thing with you listening it's like i just need to play something new yeah i just and yeah. i've been i started keep singing fresh. and playing and uh after hearing hair and oblivion actually i was like oh that's another band. I should have. They they just there weren't enough tracks. We'll do it. We'll do another one. But anyway, yeah, no. Singing is, and drumming is an incredible feat of talent, and I'm just amazed at everyone who can do it. And I'm sure you'll be doing it soon. In yeah. uh, was it High Priestess? Well, that's probably me electronic, but oh, you gonna get get down yeah. with the sequencers? I'm gonna. I'm definitely. I'm in there. I, I might do stuff. some sequencing. Oh, you should. Sequencing is so cool. I man. will do some sequencing. You heard it first on the Elevated <laughs> Transmission Podcast. Dylan's going to do some sequencing. Um, yes. So next up is another rocker. Yep. Another rocker. This is a local group. Um, Flesh I've World. Never heard of them. <gasps> Flesh World. Flesh World. What up? Jess Scott is uh, the singer and guitarist in this group. And she's had a bunch of other projects. Um, Brilliant Colors, I believe, was I remember hers. Brilliant Colors. I yeah, 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 yeah. Really have just always been so into the scene here. And to oh, me, Jess amazing. Scott is like a hardcore core element of that. Yeah, um, I remember. I, I know she's been in a bunch colors, of other bands uh, I don't know about too, but. Yeah, I've seen them. I saw them a bunch like back in the day. Yeah. Like uh, the heyday of SF for me. Yeah. I was for... talking to Matt about that. And, uh, like, that's when I kind of moved here and it was just mind blowing. <sighs> I felt like I was like, I'll say it in a, and I'm saying it like, and people might think it's over romanticizing, but like me, for me being here at that time was like, if I was in the Bowery in the seventies or something like that's how like important that music was to me. And like what I felt the scene was really, yeah, man, it was cool, man. I, uh, I came a little late, but still caught that crest of what year were talent. You here? I moved to the Bay Area in 2009. Okay, so I was like 2007, 2008, 2008, I think. And yeah, so it was like maybe on the, I don't know, it got, that's, I was, 2008 I was, to like 2011 was crazy. So I was a little under the radar for the first year and a half. I was actually, uh, I, I had, I had a different lifestyle. Let's just leave it at that. Let's leave <laughs> it there. Okay, I was fiddling. I was a fiddle player. You were fiddling around. I was just fiddling. I was busking. Oh shit! That's I was, sick, I was like though. a street kid. Yeah, <laughs> let's never talk about it again. But yeah, there's no judgments here. I mean, it was a cool experience, but yeah, I was kind of, a, I was around in different. Yeah, you were wild. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. But That's then cool. I, um, then yeah, Greer met me actually at a weird kind of bluegrass party. That I don't know what the hell she was doing at, and um, we were the only kind of weirdos there. Yeah, yeah. 
but she saw me jamming on stage with a bluegrass band and started talking to me and I was like, yeah, I play other instruments too. Hey She's, man. Do you play bass? And I was like, yeah. I love bluegrass. So, and then I was in the Mallard. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Damn. Done. Boom. Right. No Throw more bluegrass. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I like, I'm from Western North Carolina. So like bluegrass and old time stuff for me is like some of my favorite shit. I don't listen to it that much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but there was a huge phase in my like early twenties where I was just like that and like roots music, Delta blues, like all that pre-war blues yep, and, I, and old time mountain music and stuff was yep. like, I mean, that informs so much of like how I That's awesome make music, hear. approach music, like, like the aspects of, of like what's like a lo-fi song can just be so amazing because it's the content. It's yep. not the, it's not what you used to make it you know it's like what you're what the person is able to kind of like project i um i used to have actually a uh, wnyu radio show devoted to pre-war music oh shit yeah that's awesome are there archives on the on the internet um know? it was kind of in that pre-internet phase but i have yeah. a bunch of cdrs so oh. i'll get you some yeah i'd love to hear that i was like a real bad dj <laughs> i would I'm stutter on the DJ. radio <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like you're disco rapping. Yeah. Well, on that note, just kidding. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep it moving with. Uh, sorry about that digression, Jess. Um, no, this this is, is this is Flesh World. It's a Strawberry Bomber. Strawberry Bomber on Iron Lung Records. Coming. Oh, it's yeah, the Wild Animals in My Life. I think is the name of the record. Is the name of the record? I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's out on Iron Lung, Iron Lung Records, which is a great label, by the way. Um, I love that band Diet that's on there. Have you heard them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. So this is... Oh, yeah. Flesh World. Sorry, guys. Strawberry Bomber. Stoned. Stoned. <laughs>
Damn. So I was yeah. wrong. That was definitely the most rocking one. It's pretty rocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their shows are rocking too. I wasn't going to say anything. I know. Was, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> just kidding. So yeah, that was Flesh World with Strawberry Bomber. And um, yeah, the SF band. Uh, the, I, I guess they're, they're working on new them. material right now. Cool. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a couple of my friends play in that group. And Sam LaFove is on drums. Andrew Luttrell is on the bass. Oh, shit. The guitarist is the most, like, is super famous. He's super from like famous? the hardcore scene. I don't know what his bands were called, but I know that he rules. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, the internet's out there, and everyone can do their research if they're interested in it. Um, again, we don't have to know everything about the track. We just got to know we love it, and that's that's gonna be the motto here uh, at the uh, Elevated Transmissions podcast. I think I didn't do my research, Al. I didn't do my research either. You know what? And that's maybe I'm a bad host for that, but I don't care because it's like I, I like the idea of, of of like just the conversation spawning off just talking about the music. Like it's it's not about every detailed fact. It's like, let's play the music and just talk some shit. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad we're in it together. So uh, the next track is Sam Flax. Yes. Child of Glass. Um did this come out on Burger or something? I believe it did. Burger Records. Burger Records always coming with the hits. Yeah. Um, becoming so diverse with their with the releases they're putting out. And uh, yeah, it's such a cool thing that they're doing down there. I man. think, it, yeah, they're great guys. Yeah, they really um, are. Always been really nice to me whenever I've uh, met them and talked with them. Yeah, they're super generous. And just always thinking about the community. Just what makes them like i hope that they continue to thrive and take I over the too. world yeah i know and uh, it seems like they're on their way and uh so sam flax is is he from la no he's local and so this one I've actually seen him, i've seen him live yeah i um i am maybe gonna start playing bass with them so i've been like learn I've, i'm learning all their songs right now cool. and this one is so awesome that I just, it is one of my favorite songs. Like it just, a lot of the time the, the music that I'm listening to is either because I'm working on covering it or like doing mm -hmm. some kind of work with it or else, yeah, it's people who are sending me tracks that I'm going to be recording on or, Sick. you know, new stuff or old stuff. It's just a lot of it's based on research, <laughs> the You're kind that I don't do working. behind the scenes. Working but, um, but Sam Flax is incredible. Um, super talented singer guy and i just love i just love this album age waves is the album and it's just hits after hits after hits yeah he really knows how to um structure a song i like the fact that it's blown out too like it's like i love the blown out on purpose vibe especially with like really beautiful aspects of music so you get that like harsh edge but then it's still yep. like a beautifully he does all of it himself song. too or pop song it's like all self-recorded that's sick all yeah. right well let's check it out Child of Glass by Sam Flax.
That makes me feel like when I was a kid and my mom would put on Billy Ocean Ooh. when we were driving down the car or yeah. driving down the street. It's got that vibe. It's got those 808 claps and that really groovy kind of like oh, boogie yeah. kind of this sound. Is, this is like some of my favorite some sound environments. Music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the everything. The re, like the delayed guitar, mm-hmm. the pads. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I'm, lear- I'm learning these awesome bass riffs right now. And I'm so unbelievably happy because I've been playing rock forever. And that's a lot of blues bass stuff. And this is all, it's still groovy. blues bass, but this is like Rick bass. James. I know, blues. It is, but this is super slinky and yeah. funky, and it's just oh, you got to be the greasy. best it's greasy. bass lines. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It's cool. It's like it's changing my life. Like I, I got a different bass for this group, and I, I cut my hair. What'd you get? So I used to play. I've always played a Fender, um, just precision bass, mm-hmm. made in Mexico. Super heavy, long scale guy. Just yeah, just a fucking baseball bat <laughs> with strings attached. <laughs> And baseball bat. Hey. Baseball. Oh no, I made a joke. But I got a Rickenbacker club bass. So it doesn't look like the one Paul McCartney played. Mm-hmm. Looks just like a black, kind of less Paul body. And it's okay. it's short scale and it's hollow. Well, so what's the difference so, between a short scale and a long scale? Is that, that matter of inches? It's like a long scale is something like thirty-four inches, okay. I believe. So do you get more room t- between the notes, or, or? well, you. You get more room between the notes, which kind of, depending on your hand size, is not easier so or harder great. Gotcha, easier or gotcha. harder. Yeah, but it has different sounds. Like the tension on a on a long scale, you can increase the tension a lot more. And the tension does, it's like how tight, how the, tight the string is. Because like the extra length. And like, yeah. yeah. Okay. String instruments, it's all a ratio of like length to tension. Gotcha. And so if you have a longer scale, you've got a lower sound naturally, and you mm. can tense it up more. Oh, you, so you could, if it's looser, you can have a lower, lower. You can sound. have even lower, yeah, okay. and that's where you get like that some. Bring, bring. Yeah. You get your Les Claypool some shit. wacky, <laughs> some wacky things. That, you're gonna be the slapping six the string bass, bass. You start playing the like this low kind of F music. sharp. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be slapping bass soon, man. You're gonna be in a. I am. This has got some. So slap yeah, so bass, so uh, much is different. Potential. I'm playing. I'm playing with my fingers. I'm playing this hollow body short scale bass where I can really zoom around. I'm just mm-hmm. like. Boom. So what it's does the, the same hollow body do for Well, it? the it, hollow it body makes it, makes it lightweight oh, ho- and, okay. yeah, more resonant sound. You can play the bass without plugging it in and hear it mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, the Fender just sounds like you're slapping bang, a... Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, you're yeah. slapping a rubber band or something. Yeah. So it's just it's completely different. And, um, yeah, just everything everything about it. It's just been a really fun way that to wrap my cool. head around some new music. Yeah, know? yeah. I'm listening to Rick James. <laughs> As everyone should, yeah. always. Listening, yeah, listening to the old. You ever listen to Sheila E at all? Yeah, dude. Mm, all that old freestyle stuff. I've, yeah. I grew up with that stuff. <laughs> My mom used to love that music. So all that early, um, like Cameo and, and Rick James mm. and even like with like Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston and all that stuff. Man, yeah, I grew up on it and... And I was just like, oh, it's so corny. For I don't want to hear Billy Ocean again the rest of my life. And now, as I'm older, I'm just like, oh, I love Billy Ocean so That's much. That's all I want to you know? hear. I know. Well, it's like, you can take those elements and bring bring them into your own stuff, you know. And totally. that's. I mean, I think Sam has a lot of influences. You should you should invite him to do this podcast. I will. He yeah. is a very knowledgeable guy. Cool. He would probably love to share. But I'll, uh, I know I can... that he's doing a great job of synthesizing all of his influences and yeah. I just love it. Yeah, it's beautiful music. Really, really well crafted, like great, great, great song. 
Um, so yeah, uh, moving on, we'll get into Drab Majesty, which uh-huh. is a LA LA performer, right? Yeah, his name is Deb, and I actually found out about him by doing sound for him um, one of the last times he came through SF mm-hmm. at the Hemlock, where I still sometimes work, and um, he was incredible. Like just his stage presence, and he um, he. He, he's transgendered, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, she, I suck at pronouns. Like That's all good. They are just an incredible performer filled with just electric energy. And mm-hmm. um, I was so entranced by the music that I, I listened to the record and just love the record. It's kind of, it's darker. It's more industrial. And it kind of explores these kind of different darker themes um, I really like. And just, you know, for what it's worth, you know, the transgender community and just a lot of the artists that I gravitate towards are just not normal, quote unquote, by whatever yeah. standards, you know, they're not, um, they all have an amazing like life story and an amazing perspective. And I think that what I like about their music must have something to do with their uniqueness and just their it's just a unique perspective, something fresh. Yeah. And I just, yeah. yeah, especially in this day and age, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of lifestyle and music and person that I most enjoy supporting because well, I just find it so beautiful. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's so cool, man. I remember reading something about how, like, I don't know if it was certain Native American tribes or just Native Americans in general or whatever, but would kind of, like, accepted a third gender in, in yeah. ter- as normalcy. Yeah. Which is really cool to see that hopefully we can get past this, like, like binary thinking about things yeah, exactly. and, and understand that there's like a myriad of grayscale between the, the duality of things and that, and that's like this kind of thing becoming normalized with the transgender community and all that is, I think it's really cool. And I think it's a progressive step in the way of like, just kind of understanding humans more. And I think it's a really cool thing. So to see this being accepted and people being stoked on it. Um, and even like you think about like, rock in the 70s with like glam and all these things is like opening up the door to like That's, normalize that yeah. type of thing and how amazing that music <sighs> was and the idea of like androgyny and playing with that that theme and whether it be in a theatrical sense or even like in someone's personal like yeah understanding of themselves it's pretty interesting cool stuff man and it's it's my favorite yeah. um, my favorite perspective got to see it all is one thing. It's not, there's no, there's no binary. We only perceive binary. So this is Drab Majesty, Everything So Sentimental from the Careless Record uh, on Dias Records came out last year. So let's check it out.
yeah, that was Drab Majesty with Everything So Sentimental. Yeah, that's a great record. I love the, just like, goes in with the dark new wave vibe. Like, Yeah, I honestly, uh, a major theme running through this set list is the, I love that is the snare. Is the like, like really big snare. So Love that sound. My, for, for me, coming from a background of hip-hop music where like, drums and drum breaks where you like you take like an old drum break and you take the snare take the kick or whatever in the hi-hat from like old and then you you would like layer them so you would like take different drum sounds and combine them to like create a new drum sound so like and there's obviously there's like classic breaks with like all these like big records and they have like the open drum so in the hip-hop community you take those and you make a new track out of it yeah and yeah like for me like drum sounds are so they're like the most important part of the song in my opinion. Me too. How, the way the drums are recorded is the center piece yeah. of the whole recording to my yeah, to my ear and to my sensibility is just what I go for. Have you ever uh listened to the Desire record, the Bob Dylan record? Oh yeah. So for me, that's my favorite drums on record like recorded that I've heard, like just the way they're mixed and there's like this there's the amount of room and reverb that's on them mm-hmm. is just perfect and they sound so good like that's my favorite record like how that record is recorded is my favorite record Ooh, in that nice. in that in that way that i think about that's things. my favorite hat that's a hell of a hat <laughs> that outfit on the Mwah. bob dylan shout outs you old bastard speaking of old bastards yes here comes magazine um a byproduct of howard devoto from the buzzcocks yes which is another band where every song is just a in a like them the way that like we were talking about like sam flax in terms of like constructing a beautiful pop song like in that and knowing how to do that for me the buzzcocks yes are like yeah in the top five chilling this is so like so cool so influential so like able to yeah just make it succinct exactly tight clean awesome Eh. And then they got weird with magazine. <laughs> I love magazine. I do too. They're great. I found out about it? them from my friend Margot, who's mm-hmm. in Humid, and um, we kind of it's been a really fun project because we're like trading influences. That's and awesome. Bringing things together, and I just yeah, I I somehow somehow miss them in the in all the millions of musical choices we have, and now I now I love them. And this song, I just think that the the hook is so great. The title is "The Light Pours Out of Me," and it's just like. Yes, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> let your light shine, everybody. Let that light shine out of your body, because in your mind, and your shine. heart, and your soul. Let it shine. So this is magazine with the light pours out of me.
Uh, that was magazine with the light pours out of me, you know the the glammy riff, and then the synths on the on the hook. His mm-hmm. haunted, I don't know. He always kind of sounds like a vampire to me. Yeah. Like he, the, he's like he always looks like he's kind of he sounds like he's kind of scheming on. He something. has like the epitome of like a British man crush voice. I'm just like yes, <laughs> say anything to me in that voice. <laughs> The light pours out of me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Again, great craftsmanship of a song. And, like, you can see those pop sensibilities in there, but then just, like, distorted, you know? Like, and, yeah, that's what I liked about Magazine initially, knowing, like, where he came from is being like, oh, wow, this is such a different approach. And, like, mm-hmm. but that element that you can tell is is part of him as a as a songwriter is still there in, in terms of like constructing these yeah. beautiful songs 
Yeah. Again, with the, the voice just having so much power to emote and kind of like, he's almost like a spellcaster. Yeah. Like he says things slowly and really intently. I think that's really important to me liking them. Yeah, and I think that is relevant to the next track Ugh. of another guy who's really able to just so, yeah. put Ugh. it on you. Fill in it. Thin ah. Lizzy. Um, so for me, Thin Lizzy was like nothing. Like I, you know, you hear the 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 album or the the cuts that are on the radio and stuff. Boys yeah. are back in town, mm-hmm. all this type of thing. And and I was kind of like, okay, like that just reminds me of like old jocks drinking or something like that. And then, but then you know, I was like, got more into some of their other stuff that's a little more obscure i'm still not like a thin lizzy fan but i enjoy thin lizzy good uh, which i feel that. like i might get chastised for no because all right i'm not thin gonna Lizzie, chastise you thank you for not doing that but these <laughs> people out here on the internet are not so kind well i love i love thin lizzy they're one of my so the reason that they're on here is just mm-hmm. i have to be honest you know there's some gems very pretty deep that yeah will never really be able to be off my top 10 list and you know I think this song is one of them. I, I this video is one of the first like live music videos that I saw when I was like mm-hmm. younger. Okay. On MTV. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know, little did I know that Phil and it was dead, and this is like an older band and stuff. But just, I don't know. It was the first group that I was like, I really like this, even though at the time, you know, it was kind of, yeah, it was perceived as jockey and kind of hair metally the way that mm-hmm. they would have twin leads and wear these jumpsuit outfits and like throw out their hair well, that was like i mean that was just the I, 70s. It was good the 70s. 70s rock is some of the best music yes like for exactly me, and this is maybe this is like uh uh like corny or whatever but like for me like that sound that was happening like grunge wouldn't have happened without yeah. that you know and and so like growing up like listening to to grunge in the 90s and shit like yeah and then being always kind of just being like, yeah, I like like classic rock when I was younger, getting into smoking weed. I was like, fuck, yeah, listen to some Jimi Hendrix and The Who and shit or mm-hmm. like, you know, like whatever. And uh, and then as I got older, I was like, yeah, I don't really want to hear it. But now I'm like, you know what? Let me put on some classic rock and smoke some weed <laughs> and go back to my youth. <laughs> yeah. No, this this song just means too much to me. I just love it. Yeah. this You got a, yeah. a special... So the track the is wild, wild one. one. Yeah. yeah, it's just I mean, I don't know if anyone else out there has ever been a runaway or, you know, it's just like this song makes me feel so loved by the world, uh, you know, as if it were being sung to me. And yeah. I hope and I, I don't know how other people feel about it. But to me, it's like very comforting song. That's great. Well, that someone would care about me. Let's get into it. Because yeah. Thin Lizzy cares if hey, if there's anything that we should know. <laughs> Thin Lizzy cares, guys. Always keep that in mind if you're feeling down. Yes. So this is uh, Thin Lizzy with Wild One. Too long, will ya? 
So Dylan's got a jet out, guys. We're just going to give her a little shout out uh, before oh, she goes. And um, The children are off of school. Now I must go teach them. <laughs> see, she teaches guitar to the youth. What do you guys do for the youth? What are you out there doing? What are you, what are you uh, donating and what are you, what are you giving charitably of yourself to the community? Dylan is over here teaching the kids how to play guitar. So they can music. do music, guitar, piano, guitar. Piano, piano, mostly piano. Were today. you doing guitar lessons? I do guitar lessons. Okay, yeah. so any parents out there in the Bay Area want to um, <laughs> get at her? We send me a send me an email and I can hook y'all up and she can get some more clientele and you can get your kid uh, classically trained. Or not so classically a, trained, but yeah, you can get hey, classically trained. Classy, classily trained. Classily trained. Classily. Trained. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk right now. Ay, ay, ay. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Dylan, thank you so much for coming through and being a part of this. This is the second one we're doing. Um, so you're you're one of the first and I really appreciate you and I appreciate everything. I'm you honored do. to and be I here. And I think this is going to be a great podcast. Thank you. I And I'm so glad to have you be a part of it. I can't wait to hear your other episodes. 
I'll keep you in the loop and let you know so you can check them out and um, yeah, leave comments online. Absolutely. All right, y'all. It's been really fun. Everybody out there, be safe. Be safe and peace be with y'all and we'll see you next time. Yeah, y'all. So that was Dylan Edrick from San Francisco. Uh, Check out our new band, Humid. Um, They're in the process of recording the record now. And from what I heard the other night, it's going to be really badass. And Dylan has a great idea of how sound needs to sound and a vision. Uh, She's worked live sound for years since I've known her. Um, And it's just, I think, so important to the San Francisco Bay Area music scene. Um, It was really a pleasure to have her on here and um, consider her a friend. She actually, uh, we, we got to play together uh, during Desert Days this, this last year. Um, she sat in with me and we did like kind of an ambient drone jam with synths two nights at the festival. And there was like a temple chapel kind of area of uh, Joshua Tree that we were at, at the Institute of Metaphysics. And I mean, it was one of the couple of the funnest shows I've ever played. We had some issues. Sound guy was being a doofus and, um, you know, things were a little behind schedule. So there was some stress, but we were able to get in there and just, and just have like a impromptu freestyle jam with the, uh, with the synthesizers and some loops and people laid down on their back and turned off all the lights. We had a candle lit and we got, we got deep. And it was it was one of the cooler um, live performances I've ever played. So it was really great to to be able to do that with her and have her involved. Uh, but anyways, yeah, keep an eye out for her. Like, read the liner notes. You'll see her on some. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I'll check you next time. This is Al Lover. Peace be with y'all. <laughs>